Amen, amen. Well, God is good. And all the time. And we are glad that you're here today. Praise God. Here we are, the end of July. Can you believe it? I hate it. I tell you what, I don't know what it is about summer, but it's like on fast forward. And January's like pause. Anyway, 18 months of winter and 43 seconds of summer is what it seems like sometimes. But we're glad that you're here today. I know summer's busy time, a lot of stuff happening and, and going on and people on vacation and, and, uh, and, 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 and here we are, we're starting a series we're calling Learning to Breathe, Learning to Breathe. And, and, and this series is probably a little bit more uh, of a, I don't want to say a study series necessarily, but, but sometimes when people are busy on vacation and stuff, we sometimes almost feel like we're going to take a vacation from God, and, and, and uh, I, I don't want that to ever happen, and, and because you're here, thank you again. And, and I want us to sort of be, focus in a little bit different way in this particular series, and I'll say a couple of things today and in the next couple of weeks that I think will help you to understand uh, uh, perhaps my heart in, in this particular series and kind of the journey that we've been on over the last couple of months. And so this series, Learning to Breathe, it could possibly be uh, uh, a little bit like, what is he talking about here? Or it's like, well, that's really simple, and I already know how to breathe and stuff like that. And how many of you know that, when, that, that breathing is something we do involuntarily for the most part, right? We don't really think about it. We don't really think about breathing. We don't really think about how many breaths you might take. Uh, uh, like somebody one time said, oxygen really isn't that important until you're not getting any. Then, then it's like becomes really critical, right? And so to just sort of, to just sort of bring, us home, bring it home, why, just everybody take a big, deep breath. Just... And then exhale, do one more time. Exhale, one more time. Now if it's because I'm standing, you're a little bit lightheaded when I do that. But we don't think about breathing a lot. I, I had a thing happen, this is several years ago. There's a group of us from Joy that went to Colorado Springs for a a, a, a series of meetings, seminar on, on small groups, different things like that. And we had a little bit of extra time. And so uh, I, somebody had the idea, let's go up to Pikes Peak. Kim was there. Let's go to Pikes Peak. And so we, we took the path. We went up to Pikes Peak, started driving up. Uh, it's kind of a rough, rocky road. And I won't say who it was, but one of the people that were in the car, about a third of the way up the mountain, had to go to the bathroom. And that person thought, you know, well, there'll be some trees. We can just kind of, if it gets really bad, I'll just pull over and we'll get behind a tree. And so um, the farther we went up the mountain, though, if you know anything about mountains, trees don't grow after a while. And so then it was just barren stones and rocks. Like, well, there ain't no trees there. But there were little Biffy's outhouses all the way up. And I was like, yes. That person was like, yes. And so um, the problem was that they were all locked because it wasn't in season. And so by the time we finally made, up, made it up this winding road all the way up to the top, little gift shop kind of thing that's up there, well, I had to really go to the bathroom by the time we got up there. And literally, I was like, man, I'm out of the car, out of the car, and I'm like hustling. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm doing the, the clenched run almost. Get into the, get into the, 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 thing, the gift shop sort of a thing, and I'm scanning the signs, where's okay, men's room, boom, I take off over to the men's room, I get into the men's room, get to the, and, and, and uh, sorry if you're a guest, and this is too much for you, I, I apologize, we don't normally start with bathroom humor on a Sunday service, but here we are, and so, uh, actually, we don't, anyway, and so, so I'm up there, and, and I'm, you know, standing there, and, and, and I don't know what happened, but I get in there, I got into the men's room, <clears throat> and all of a sudden, it was like, <sighs> 
I couldn't breathe. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And I'm standing there, and then this guy walks in right behind me. Not, I didn't know him at all. And he walks in, he stands next to me, because men's room, that's what you do. You stand next to each other. And he's standing there, and he's like, <sighs> it's like, I couldn't breathe. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And I take care of stuff, and then I go back out, go around the corner, and, and there's a, a person from our group, and she's sitting there, she's sitting on, on a bench, and she's like, <sighs> And I'm like, what is wrong? And she's looking at me with these big eyes like, what's going on? We can't breathe up here. And, and anybody that's ever been in a situation like that, there's no oxygen up there. You're going through the motion. You're breathing. Your lungs are sucking in and breathing out, but there ain't nothing there. Let me ever know if you've ever experienced that before. And, and, and something that was so ordinary, something that was so easy, something that I never really thought about, all of a sudden became something that was critical. It was essential. My head hurt. I was a little bit dizzy. I was like, whoa, man. And I, I, had, to, I had to work at concentrating on just slow down. And, and that's what can happen in learning to breathe. And, and I think that we all understand this. We had, you know, the moms. And, and I, I don't know, our, our kids all came out crying, but but how many of you know that, that, that you know, there are certain things that doctors will do to, to help children begin to breathe? And then we understand this, that, that uh, first time I ever saw it, I never knew what those little clip things were. They go on people's finger, and this was years ago. And I said, what is that for? And that they're measuring the oxygen content, making sure that the person's breathing, making sure that the person is taking in enough oxygen. And we know that oxygen is essential, that oxygen is critical for life. And that if we're gonna if we're gonna endure in life, people that that maybe only have fifty or sixty percent of, of <clears throat> oxygen capacity, they 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 can't perform or function as well. Athletes understand this. Weightlifters understand this. That there are that, that there are certain things that will help us to perform better. Those of you that maybe played high school or college football, and you would have the two a day fall practices, and and the coaches would run you and run you and run you and run you. And they would run you so hard that eventually, what would happen? You'd puke. You would puke. Why? Because you're out of shape. And your body is saying, stop, 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 stop. And the coach is going, go, go, go. And your body is saying, stop, stop. All right, fine, you ain't stopping. Now you got to stop. Sorry. I went from bathroom humor to even worse humor. That was, I apologize, kind of. But I want you to see it. This, well, I don't want you to see that. But I want you to understand this morning. We understand that, 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 that this breath that we have, this breathing that we take for granted, that, that it's critical for our life. And there's a spiritual application that I want you to see uh, throughout the next couple of weeks that just like breathing in the natural is critical for your natural life, there is breathing, there is a sense of taking something into your spiritual life that will enable you and enhance your ability to have victory in life. It will enhance your ability to sustain in the difficult moments of life. In the book of Job, we read the scripture, mentioned the scripture earlier, but in the book of Job chapter 33, it says that the spirit of God made me. You're wonderfully fashioned and formed in your mother's womb. And the spirit of God, he created you, he made you, but the breath of the almighty God is what gives you life. It is his breath in you that gives you life. And so God has given you breath. And there's a reason that he's given you breath. There's a reason that he's given you life. Your days have been recorded in a book. And he's got a plan for your life. And he wants you to use that breath he's given to you to live out those days in a manner that is pleasing to him, but also gives you great life and joy in this life. And so as we look at this, as we begin to talk about this, 
Uh, we're going to read some scripture in the book of Psalms. We'll get there in a second. But, but for those of you that maybe don't know the Bible very well, the book of Psalms is a, a, a book of one of the 66 books of the Bible. And the book of Psalms is a very popular book. Uh, it's, it's actually one of the largest collections of like poems and songs that the Bible gives to us. In fact, the, the book of Psalms was used as, as a hymn book, a, a, a bunch of songs that would be sung in temple worship. They would come together and they would sing these psalms. And, and it's the book of Psalms. Psalms that inspire. It is the book of Psalms that encourages. The book of Psalms gives us raw moments of people's lives that they're discouraged, that they're downcast, that they're questioning God, what's going on. But then it also includes moments where then God reveals himself and God shows himself and, and God brings his power and his life on their behalf. And then it, they begin to praise God and they begin to worship God. And the very last book of the book of Psalms, Psalms 150, in the very last verse of that, we read these words, Psalms 150 and verse 6, let everything that breathes, how many of you are breathing this morning? Look at the person next to say, this is talking about you. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord if you can carry a tune in a bucket. Oh wait, no, that, that part wasn't in there. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord if you're comfortable with it. Oh, nope, that's not in there. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord if you know the song. It's not in there either. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so what we are supposed to do, one of the things that God says I want you to do is that I've given you breath, I've given you life, and what I want you to do is take some of that breath that stuff that breathes, and I want you to breathe back to me. I want you to give something back to me in praise. And, and it, just like in the natural, learning to breathe is what gives us life. There's a spiritual connection, a spiritual cor correlation that learning to breathe, if you will, by his spirit, learning to breathe the way that God asks us to, it, it does something in our life. It does something for us that will benefit us. It, it will greatly enhance and affect our ability to do the competition of life. It will help us to be victorious in life. It will help to sustain us through the difficult points and times in life if we learn to breathe the correct way. And so I want to take this 150th Psalm and I'm going to give you three. Everybody say three. I'm going to give you three simple little lessons. The first two you're going to like. The first two you'll understand. The last one you're probably not going to like a whole lot. But it's still a part of what God says. So some of you aren't even ready for the first one, but we're going to give it to you. A lot of you aren't ready for the third one, but we're going to give it to you as a way to, 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 to start to... to Learn to breathe, all right? So learning to breathe is what gives us life. And, and there's three lessons. Lesson number one, learning to breathe has to be encouraged. It has to be encouraged. As I started to mention, and I'm not sure how it was, uh, I'm not sure how it was when, when he came, did he start coming to the world crying or did they have to encourage him to cry? He came, our three kids, they came into the world crying. I, I, I don't know, I'm old enough to remember TV shows or movies where it showed the, the nervous dad pacing in the, in the waiting room, man, he's just doing this, he's just doing this, they're just waiting, 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 waiting. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you would hear off camera or off set, off whatever, you would hear this. How many of you remember that? 
And, and, and that was, it, it, you know, and, and to think about it now, it's like, here's this baby that's God, fas- he's fashioning and forming in the mother's womb. It's dark, it's warm, it's floating. Just, it doesn't sound nice. You're just like, ah, oh, it's just so good. And I was just like, oh, it's kind of uncomfortable. It's pressure. And I was like, somebody's grabbing your feet, jerking you out and like that. Welcome to the world kind of a thing. He's like, is there not a better way that we could introduce somebody to what life on planet Earth is going to be like than smacking them? And I don't think they do that anymore. I think they kind of, they'll rub them or touch them. They'll do whatever to encourage them to breathe. And then once they take that first breath or two, generally speaking, most of the time, once they take those first couple of breaths, then it's natural. They begin to breathe. And, and for every parent, that's like a, that's like a, breathe. Come on, just breathe. Ah, there's the breath. There's the breath. And I sometimes feel like that as a pastor. I'm like, come on, just breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe in the goodness. It's going to be so good. Come on, breathe. And that's really my heart in this whole thing, because there is something, if we'll learn to breathe according to what God says, according to his word, that it's going to bring life. And so this is what the psalmist is is, is doing. He's encouraging people to breathe. And the way that he's encouraging them to breathe, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He's encouraging them to praise the Lord. In, in Psalm 150 in verse 1, it says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. When, when, a, when a Hebrew person would have read this, they would have understood that the sanctuary is where everybody gathered together. It was temple worship. It was corporate worship. It was people coming together not to hear a nice little message. It was people coming together to express breath back to God to worship him. And so he says praise, and actually that word praise the Lord 13 times, depending on the translation, but, but most translations, 13 times just in these six verses is the encouragement to praise the the Lord. But the phrasing of praise the Lord isn't like if you feel like it, praise the Lord, or if you're comfortable with it, praise the Lord, or if you know the song, praise the Lord. It is a command. It's a command. It is something that God is asking you to do. And he's not asking it He's not asking you to do it because he's an egotist or because he he wants attention. He's asking you to do it because he knows he knows it's going to do something for you. He wants you to get involved in it because it has a benefit to you. Just like as a parent, you want that child to breathe, 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 because you know that it is critical for them to breathe for them to have success in life. And so he says, praise God in the sanctuary. Verse 2, praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. And that our worship is to be reflective of how great God is. And I found that there's a correlation for my life, that in those moments when I've reminded myself of the greatness of God, and when I've reminded myself of his love and his mercy and, and how far he's brought me, that, that, that reminding myself of those things and remembering his greatness is something that it's like, man, I just can't help but praise God. Thank you so much, God. Thank you so much. But, but in, in taking that breath that he's given to us and expressing it back to God, it's that inhaling of his presence, that inhaling of his glory and his majesty and who he is, that it flows back out to him in praise. And I, I, I don't, I've never had this happen in my life. I've talked to people who have. How many of you have ever had the wind knocked out of you? Anybody? Now, I've never had that happen. And, and this is a bad pastor moment here, but I've seen it on TV a few times. I see some things, people doing, you know, crazy things, riding a bike and trying to do a jump and a flip and, and they land on their back. And, and, and I'm sorry, but I'm kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny, actually. And, and then all of a sudden, you, you can hear them. That somebody's been videotaping it and you can hear them. It's like, they can't catch a breath. And, 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 and 
I've talked to, in fact, I talked to somebody after the first service and they were like, man, I got the wind knocked out of me. And people were asking me, how are you? Are you okay? And all I could do was go, I couldn't even say. And, and, and if you were ever around somebody like that, generally what we're doing is like, come on, just breathe. Just, all right, just relax. Just breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe. Right? Or if you looked around and if somebody this morning, you look over and and you first verify they're not asleep, but they're not breathing. And, and, and wouldn't you, if you saw somebody not breathing, wouldn't you want to jump to action? Got a nurse right over here. Wouldn't you like a, call 911? <laughs> Something, you know. Somebody be like, you know, should we give them mouth to mouth? No, you, you better give them mouth to mouth or whatever. You know, sort of a thing. Because we would be trained. We would think it is critical for them to breathe. I think that sometimes in the church we should be like that also. That we're missing out on some stuff because we haven't learned to breathe. And I want to encourage you in this series to, to learn how to breathe. And I know some of you aren't ready for that. You're not ready for the big deep breaths yet. You're not ready for some of this. I get it. I understand it. I, I, and, and to express praise and worship to God, it, it feels a little bit foreign and it feels a little bit funny. But I also want to tell you this morning, we need to learn to breathe. And so a, a question that I have with this, a question that I have along with that same line is, is this. When the psalmist said that we praise him according to how great and how majestic he is, his, his mighty works and his unequaled greatness, does our worship, does what I do in worship encourage other people to worship? Does it encourage other people in their praise? Just like I'd be encouraging somebody to breathe who had the breath knocked out of them, had the wind knocked out of them. And how many of you have experienced, you know that life has a tendency at times to surprise you and you end up flat on your back where you can't breathe. It seems like there is, it's like, God, where are you? God, how come you've let me down? God, how come you feel so far away from me? And we need to be people who can go to them and say, you know what? God hasn't forgot about you. Just breathe. Just breathe. He's here. In, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You and I are to be encouragers to help other people. And so does my breathing, does my worship encourage other people to worship God? In Psalm 33, it says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. By the word of the Lord, God spoke the heavens into existence. And it says, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God created everything with his, with his breath. And his crowning achievement was humanity. And God breathed into them the breath of life. God breathed into us. He gave us of his spirit so that we could then in turn breathe back to him our praise and our worship. So number one, we need to be encouraged to breathe. And we need to be encouragers of others, asking them and helping them and inspiring them. Does our worship, does our praise inspire other people? Does it inspire the greatness of God in others? I've told our worship team, the goal is not to play music perfectly. The goal is not to get to the end of the song without making mistakes. That's important. We want that. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that you, by your presence and by what you do, you inspire people to worship God. And they do a great job. They're talented. They're wonderful musicians, have great hearts. I'm so thankful for them. But if we lose sight of that, the goal is not just to sound good so that all of you can sit up and say, ooh, they're really good. That's not the job. We have failed if we do that. We want to inspire worship. So worship has to be encouraged. Breathing has to be encouraged. Number two, proper breathing needs to be learned. You have to learn how to breathe properly. You might think, well, I already know how to breathe. Well, you do. 
But depending on what you do, there are people that are called free divers, free divers. They have learned to control their breathing. They've learned to expand their lungs so that they can dive to great depths in the ocean and hold their breath for three or four or five minutes while they're exerting themselves. They've learned proper breathing techniques. There are athletes, there are weightlifters. If you've, this is again kind of one of them funny things, but, but you know, some weightlifters, they exert so much pressure and they're holding their breath. They're, they aren't using the proper breathing techniques and they end up passing out. Because there's so much great exertion of force and strength and pressure, but they aren't getting the right oxygen volume, and so their, fu- their, their body just quits. It just stops functioning. In music, sheets of music will have what are called breath marks, and, and depending on the song and depending on the lyrics and how long it is, they will have breath marks and say, breathe here, because if you'll breathe here, you can make it to the end of the song without taking away from the song. And it's important where you breathe. It's important how you breathe. And it's the same thing in that spiritual application. Proper breathing needs to be learned. I I found this out in life cardiovascularly. I can sit in my backyard with a glass of iced tea like this, and I have absolutely no trouble breathing. I'm just not even thinking about it, not winded in the least. But I've been at other points in times in life, walking up a great big hill, riding a bike against the wind, doing stuff. It's like, (sighs) why? Because I'm exerting myself and I'm not in shape. And the same thing can happen spiritually. It's easy to praise God when everything's going your way. It is easy to praise God when life is, is, the wind is at your back and everything's going good and mama's happy, dad's happy, kids are happy, job's good, God to raise, all that other stuff. But life doesn't always work that way, does it? Sometimes you're going to face a headwind. Sometimes mama not going to be happy. And then you ain't happy. Then the kids aren't happy. Dogs aren't happy. Nobody's happy. And so is it still easy to worship God at that point? Because I, will t- I just want you to know, it is more critical for you to know how to and, and breathe through those difficult moments so that you, so there's something that will sustain you to get to the end. Proper breathing needs to be learned. You need to know when to take a big breath. And I believe the Spirit of God, the Bible says he will show you things to come. And there will be seasons in your life where God's trying to build something into you. He's trying to expand your capacity for oxygen, in a sense, that spiritual life. Because you're going to be coming up against something that that you're going to need all of that. And you need to learn to breathe in those moments where it's easy so that you can then be sustained in those difficult times easy to worship God when things are going good, but what about when the pace of life, what about when the demands of life, what about when the struggles of life are outstripping your ability to to, to get that oxygen and and, and you can't make it? This is critical for us to live victoriously. It's critical for us to, to live in a way that we can be sustained through those difficult times and moments of our life. And so, First one, kind of easy. Yeah, you need to be encouraged to breathe. And, I, and I, I want to encourage you in this series, learn to breathe. Don't be afraid. Quit being afraid. And, and the second one, not, not only do we need to learn to breathe, but we, we need to learn the proper breathing techniques. We need, we need to breathe when it's easy so that we can breathe when it's hard. We need to be disciplined when it's easy so that that discipline will sustain us and carry us through the difficult times. Those, three, those are easy, but the third one is the one that's kind of maybe a bit of a challenge that a lot of you aren't ready for, and it sounds a little bit obvious, but you have to do it. I have a great collection, a great collection, one of the best collections ever of workout videos. <laughs> I can tell you a whole lot of stuff about working out. 
And I can sit in my easy chair, kick the chair back, and I can put one of them bad boys on. It's like, go get them. <laughs> but how many of you know that if I don't do it, I'm going to be just as fat as I always was, going to be just as out of shape as I always was. Worship team is not here to worship for you. And, and, and I know that there are applications, and, and it doesn't always wash all the way through. There are machines that can help you breathe. Those are critical moments of your life. And that's, I believe, why the church is here. Because in those critical moments of life, we can help you to breathe. And that's why we need other Christians around us. We need other believers around us that can bring encouragement to us. You cannot live this life alone. There are going to be times that you're going to need assisted breathing, if you will. But by and large, for the most part, I can't breathe for you. I can't worship for you. I can't praise the Lord for you. I'm not the hired holy hitman to do your spiritual life for you. Eventually, you have to do it. And that's the challenge. That's the disconnect. Because all we talk about is really good, but, but it comes down to it, you got to do it. You have to breathe. And that's what the psalmist was doing in Psalm 150. And so this is why I say that some of you are not ready for this. Some of you are not even going to like this. Some of you kind of like the baby that was learning to breathe. You're going to get smacked right now maybe a little bit, and you're going to cry. And so let's just get it all over with. But, but you're probably with me the first two, this third one, a little bit of a challenge. You have to do it. But here's the thing. Life-giving worship has to be expressed. It has to find an expression. It has to be, it has to get outside of us. And I've, I just worship God on the inside. Well, like, good, it starts there, but it can't stay there. We, we've got to express it. Listen to what he says in verse three. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. That's a, a wind instrument. Praise him with the lyre. And the lyre is not a person, it's not a character flaw. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Those are stringed instruments. Praise him with the tambourine, the rhythmic instruments. Praise him. And you might think, well, you know, Pastor Ryan, I don't play an instrument, all that stuff. I, I guess I can't praise God. And then he says, praise him with the tambourine and what? What? Yeah. Praise him with the the dance. Now that's why I say some of you are not ready for that. I get it. I mean, here's what I'm asking you to do: is take one step, take a breath. I don't know what that breath is for some, for some, I mean, I remember the struggle. I grew up in a church that encouraged expressive worship. And, and I can remember, man, as a teenager, it was like, it was a battle for me to just get my hands up in the air. I couldn't wave them around because I cared, I guess, I guess really. And, but, but, but it was a battle for me to get my hands in the air. They felt like 5,000 pounds. Like one person said, I remember the first time I lifted my hands to the Lord. You know, we do the kind of couple worship sort of a thing. We're right here. Then I caught a fish this big. <laughs> we change the light bulbs. Anyway, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> touchdown, touchdown, good, you know, whatever. And so we have those kinds of things. And I remember in worshiping God, I remember the first time, it was like, it's such a battle to get my hands up in the air. I finally got them up here, and I was like, well, while they're up here, now what? <laughs> How long is long enough? I, I, they're up here, and my arms are getting kind of tired right now, and I don't think I used right guard, and I'm pretty sure that it's, you know, I, and... So I'm asking you to take a step. He said, praise him with the dance. And the reason I want to express that and, and kind of camp there for a moment is because we have cultural inhibitions that sometimes stop us from truly expressing to God in a way that he wants us to, and it hinders our breathing. 
I'm not saying that we dance that you're, you know, and, and I, I sort of want to say sometimes if you want to know what's in order or out of order, kind of check what's going on around you. And, you know, if nobody on the platform is dancing and it's a slow song and you're the one going, that's probably not proper. And if everybody's real quiet and you're going, woo, that's probably not. You're going to scare people. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, 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 is taking a step, moving beyond the flesh. We'll get into this in the next couple of weeks. Moving beyond our feelings into where we are expressing back to God. As he says then in the sixth verse, let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. But here's what I want you to see. Here's why worship needs an expression. And I want to give it to you in an exercise, and, and, and let me just explain it, and we're going to do it. This is why worship needs an expression. We have to be encouraged in it, yes, and, and, and you know we need to learn how to. That's what the Bible is for. We're going to talk about that, and that's some of what the psalmist was saying here. You know, praise him with stringed instruments. Praise him. We didn't finish it, but praise him with loud clanging cymbals. There's something about the presence and praise of God that he's okay with noise. He's okay with volume. He's okay with it maybe getting a little bit loud and, and if I'd walk over there if I'd had the time I'd walk over and just crash on the symbol and that's worship God says it's okay we've thought that worship had to be a certain thing and, and, and there are aspects and there are, there, there are times that there are things that are appropriate at one point that may not be appropriate at another point and that's, that's some of the, the learning how to breathe it's, it's some of the proper breathing techniques that are important in, in corporate worship and, and, and in that setting which is part of the reason we rely on a worship team to lead us in those appropriate moments versus those times where we're just all doing our own thing that's not the point the point is to corporately come together and with one sound, with one voice, to express our praise and our worship to God in a unified way. That's the purpose. But here's why worship needs an outward expression. And so I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to take a breath, and, and just a normal breath, not a great big deep one, just a normal breath. And then I'm going to ask you to hold it, not exhale, take another breath, don't exhale, take another breath, don't exhale, okay? So I'm going to ask you to like three or four or five times, take a breath without exhaling, not a giant one, but a, a normal breath. So here we go on three, take a, take a normal breath, one, two, three. Now hold it, take another breath. Hold that one, take another breath. Hold that one, take another breath. So, <laughs> take another breath. Okay, wait, one more time. How you know that eventually, after a while, you keep taking, you're not designed to only inhale, are you? It starts getting, it gets kind of uncomfortable. In fact, some of you expanded your lungs farther than they've been expanded in a long time, made you cough. And that's because you're not designed to only inhale. You were designed to inhale and to exhale. And, and we understand that, but the spiritual application is something that is lost to us because we're always thinking, I, I, I want to receive, I want to get, I want to take in, I want to take in, I want to take in. You're not designed to only receive. You're not designed to only get from God. And most people are like, what can I get? I, I need this and I need that. And you're like going, and eventually you need to exhale. Eventually you need to breathe out. You need to take what God has given to you. And God wants to reveal himself and he wants to show himself. He wants to display himself to you. And he wants to reveal his greatness and his character. And that's God breathing into you. That's God filling your life with stuff. But you're supposed to then breathe back to him. His, out of his goodness, out of his gloriousness, out of his revelation, we breathe back to him praise. And we breathe back to him worship. We breathe back to him those things. Listen to Psalm 149. It says this. Praise the Lord. There it is again. Sing to the Lord a new song. Everybody say new song. Now, a new song is a song you don't know. And if, if, if I've heard one criticism or complaint about church and worship is I don't know the song. 
And that one is followed right up with, we always sing the same songs all the time. I've never been able to figure, we always sing the same songs. I don't know that song. We always sing the same, I don't know that song. So sometimes preaching is therapeutic. All right. So he says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. And maybe the song of your life has been one of despair. Maybe the song of your life has been one that is disappointing. Maybe the song of your life is one that you're tired and you're wore out and you don't think you can take another step. I believe this, that God wants to breathe into you, that God wants to breathe upon you, that God wants to bring his presence into your life such a way that it transforms you, that it makes you different, that it invigorates your life so that the the tune of your life, the song of your life becomes something different than it is right now. And so he says, sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of the saints. We aren't to come to church and be a bunch of little wooden Indians that sit in our little spots and don't utter a sound, but we're to sing his praise in the assembly of the saints. This is a tough one. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. And I get it. Sometimes people are just like, I'm just here. Some people show up at church, they feel guilty. Some people show up at church and they're worn out and there's pressure. But in those moments, learning to just be able to, oh God, you're here and there's peace here. I just worship you, God. I just give you my life, God. It says, let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. There's something about... I don't know, I, I feel sorry for God sometimes. Because I think that Christians, a lot of times, they're too much, they're too much like this. <sighs> I'm a Christian. Can't have any fun. Can't do anything good. Everything's wrong. Everything's bad. Oh, poor old me, all that stuff. You know, ever since I'm a Christian, nobody likes me anymore. Nobody calls me. Lost all my Facebook friends. Life is tough. No. <laughs> You're a child of God. God has set his love upon you. God has put his life into you. He's put his purpose into your heart and into your life. God is the God who's changed your direction. God is the one who said that I'll exalt your valley, make every mountain low. I'll take your crooked places and straighten them right out. I am the God who's for you and I'm not against you. I'm the God who will cause your days to be, your nights to be turned to, da- to light and, and, and your sorrow to be turned to, to joy. And pretty soon, man, you start thinking and meditating and hearing that stuff and you're like, woohoo, you know what? I tell you what, life was tough, but, but man, I, I just got a breath of fresh air and you're like woohoo people are looking at you and you begin to inspire their praise because they know man that sorry old person was a wreck I mean their life is a mess but yet they're still able to worship God what's wrong with me amen let Israel rejoice in their maker let the children of Zion be joyful in their king church we need to be joyful in God let them praise here it is again let them praise his name in a dance Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory and let them sing aloud upon their beds. You know, that reminds me of the scripture. says, from the rising of the sun until the time that it goes down, the name of the Lord is greatly to be praised. For the moment you wake up, not just a little bit, he deserves great praise. And when we come together in a worship setting, he deserves great praise. Why? Because he's he saved us from so much. He's done so much in our life. And, and, and life might stink for you right now, but guess what? You're going to get to go to heaven. This life is a momentary thing. This life is 
is almost nothing compared to the weight and the glory and the awesomeness of eternity. And one day this life is going to be over and you will have fought life's final battle. And there's going to be something that you're going to transition from this life into the next life. And, and, and somebody asked me this morning, you know, how long does it take a person to die? And I said, it takes their whole life. It takes their whole life. But guess what? One day you're going to face that. But that transition is not like, oh, something we're afraid of. It is something that transitions from glory to glory, from this life to the next life. And it is something that will be so wonderful and so awesome. So guess what? While we're learning to breathe, while we're, we're, we're taking our life and we are worshiping it back to him, it does something on the inside of us. And just like a parent longs for their child to breathe as your pastor, I long for you to breathe in the goodness and grace of God so that you can, without fear and without embarrassment, you can rejoice in your God and you can be happy. And you can, and the reason you're happy is because you know and he loves me, loves me. So with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning and You can't breathe like this because you don't know everything that God's done for you, and that's part of the reason we're here as a church. We want to help you know God. God is a relational God. He's not a far away, way out there being. He's relational. He wants to be right here in relationship with you. And if you're here today and you've never experienced that relationship with God, that's the first step. That's life support. That's, that's the paddles shocking in a sense. That's mechanical breathing in a sense. It's God breathing his life into you. That's the new birth. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus and made him the Lord of your life and you would like to, I would love the honor of praying for you and praying with you. Would you just with an upraised hand and say, Pastor, I, I, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. If that's you today, would you just hold up your hand? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. That's all I'm going to do. Anyone at all? Just hold your hand up real high for a second. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, still one more time. As an act of faith, if you will, just, just take in a big breath. And it's symbolic more than anything, but just take in a big breath and picture you're breathing in the presence of God. You're breathing in his peace. You're breathing in his, his strength. You're breathing in his calmness, his assurance. You're breathing in his love. Just take a great big breath. Just and exhale and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just do it one more time. Just breathe in what it is that, that you sense you need. I, I need wisdom. I need an answer. Just breathe that in. And then exhale, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Now, throughout this week, I want to encourage you. When those moments happen, maybe something knocks the wind out of you, take a stop. Just take a step back. Take a deep breath. Say, God, you're here. You're here. And then express back out praise. Father, I thank you that because you're here, I don't have to be afraid. Because you're here, I have soundness. I, I have peace. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you this morning that when these folks do that, when they encounter the difficult moment of life, I thank you that you have promised that you would be there. And Father, in that moment of your thereness, I thank you that their need will be met. I thank you that a calmness and a peace and an assurance will become theirs. And so, Father, I thank you that you said that you would always be with us, that you were an ever-present God and a source of our trouble, that you, before there's even a problem, you're already there. So, Lord, I thank you that you're going to teach us to breathe. I thank you that you're going to teach us all of the things that we need so that we can be sustained in the difficult moments. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, 
Amen. Amen. God bless you. Give Jesus a hand. We're so happy you joined us today. If you're ever in the St. Cloud area, we invite you to join us for one of our 9 or 1045 a.m. services. If you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we'd love to hear about it. We invite you to email us or contact us through our website, greatjoy.org.